One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, Cap Fam. Pre-show Elliot here. Just coming in to say that you can now vote for us to win a British Podcast Award. That's right, the Listener's Choice Awards are now open for voting. If you head to BritishPodcastAwards.com, you can vote for us in the Listener's Choice category, but you have to do it before the 5th of September 2023, and we could win a big, shiny podcasting prize. Vote Saxon. I mean Cap. Vote Cap. Love you all. Enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome to Come Along Pond, a Doctor Who discussion podcast with your two smiley, laughy best friends, Damla and Elliot. <laughs> hi! How are you doing? Hi, I'm a good hi. I'm a good hi. Um, hi Barbie! Hi Barbie! Um, I'm good babe, how are you? Yeah, not too bad. Excited, excited to be here. I am truly aghast at the fact that we are... At the at the series three finale, and we have thoughts, and it's going to be fucking a great time, a controversial time, a gay time as always. Yeah, I look forward. I always look forward to this. It's always sad to be towards the end, but also I I enjoy our our patented three three part wrap up. Agreed. Episode episode thoughts out across three beautiful weeks. Very excited. Very very excited. And I'm excited to do a retrospective on series three actually when we get to that because uh, Same. it's been a been an odd series. It's been a very been a been a choppy, been a changey series. Yeah, the first time that we've had very differing opinions, I'd say. Yeah. And yeah, it's been it's been interesting, so I'm excited to go back and do that. But for now, that's not the focus of this week. And before we even get to the focus of this week, Damla, what do we have? Three mails. Hell yeah. I've locked my evil assist doppelganger away. He he's he's Chained up on the shores of the Silver Devastation. And I'm here, full time. I'm back, baby. And our first email is from a lovely patron. Oh. Oh, I know. And they say, hi, Damla and Delia, and all extended Cap fam. Oh. Oh, That's nice. Saying hello to everybody. I, I, yeah. 
I've been listening to you since the beginning, and I think, and believe I was one of your first patrons, absolutely true, you were one of the first. Um, that's why you're always at the start when I read out the names, because you're at the bottom of my page. I absolutely love how the pod is going from strength to strength, and getting my cap fix is the high point of my week. You say strength to strength, I say fine. Uh, <laughs> I also love how cap has caught on in the mainstream. <laughs> My question, though, is if you had the whole of the Hooniverse at your fingertips and could basically play editor with all of the existing products, what would you do? Oh, I uh, okay. I'm going to read. I'm going to read um, their response to the question, and then we will be able to understand based on context more. Uh, for me, it would be putting different doctors and companions in different episodes. So I'm just putting twelve with Donna and Martha into the Rosa Parks episode. Twelve and Donna would be able to show the absolute heartbreak of the scene. And Martha would be the one to show Rosa what her struggles will accomplish in becoming a doctor, etc. Anyway, I've rambled on too much, so already we'll sign off. Mark, aka Aldoza7113. He, him, but most of all, Whovian. We love you. Thank you so much for all of your support on Patreon and continued support on Patreon and wonderful, wonderful words and email and question. Um, do you know what? I personally wouldn't change too much, but big but i would the main thing i would do is i would have an extra season squeezed between series one and two for chris Mm. and i would also change how bill went out as a companion that's what i would do what about you this is this might be recency bias but there was an interview recently with i believe correct me if i'm wrong i believe it's pete mcteague um with some of these like new target novels coming out where praxius i mangled the pronunciation there Praxius was originally meant to be an Auton story, and that would be much better than sort of sentient bits of plastic. Um, makes sense, right? It's a story about pollution and past plastic pollution. Get me the Autons in. Um, so I know they were all very anti returning villains, but I think they would have been really good. And other than that, to be honest, um, you know, I'll let you say, I think, you know, you got to take the rough with the, rough with the smooth with, with Doctor Who. I think maybe I'd change. Um, and then maybe I guess if I'm, I've got thirteen on the brain, so maybe I change the power of the Doctor to make it a lot more actually revolving around her and not classic Doctors, because she needs her time to shine. And also, we've kind of had a sixtieth anniversary celebration already because of it. So you know, different strokes for different folks, but give thirteen her moment properly. No, give her I like a that proper episode. I like that. Yeah, but as I say, rough with the smooth. And thank you, and very thank you, Mark, although to me you will always be Bulldozer7113. Unless you want me to start calling you Mark on the Patreon shout-out, but Bulldozer7113 is just really pleasurable to say. So I'm going to keep saying it. It has a bloody ring to it. It does. You have a ring. You have a ring, Mark. And just a heads up before I read the next email, just to let you know that it does contain mentions of grief and of abusive situations if it's something that you you might find upsetting or triggering just hit the skip button maybe twice the 30 second skip button and it should take you to the end of the uh, the email and our next email here is from ethan and they say hi elliot and damla i just wanted to say hi which i've now done at least twice which is off to a great start here i also wanted to thank you so much for the great episodes of come along pond I discovered recently, and I've been working my way through the first episode, I'm now completely caught up. I love the relaxed and chatty style. It reminds me of chats I used to have about who with my friends. Also, Damla's reactions are everything. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks. Oh, look at this. Look, this is, you get a lo- lovely compliment up here. I mean, I'm not mentioned by name, but it's fine. Daryl's reactions are, are everything. Seriously, the best, most genuine and wholesome laugh ever. Oh, thank you. 
That's really cute. Thank you. But then you can only laugh if I'm funny. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I've been a fan of Doctor Who since I was a kid. When I first saw Remembrance of the Daleks, brackets, Ace for the Wind. That's a fucking good first episode to start with. Amazing four-parter. Jealous of it. When it originally aired and watched as much as I could whenever the classic series was shown, BBC Two, Sunday Dinner Times mainly, and then eagerly followed the revival series since it started. If I had to pick a favourite Doctor, it would probably be Eleven. Favourite companions would be Martha or Amy. My favourite new monster stroke villain would be The Silence. And I love the whole Silence stroke River Song story arc, and I'm definitely looking forward to you both covering the Matt Smith era and to hear your thoughts on it. Mm. It's coming sooner than we'd like to admit. <laughs> I also just wanted to say thank you on a personal level if I can get a bit deep for a little while. My wife and I used to watch Doctor Who lots. It was often one of our go-to shows when we couldn't decide what else to watch, and, we, and it was definitely one of our comfort shows. Sadly, she passed away five years ago from a brain tumour, but I still have so many great memories of just being snuggled up watching Doctor Who with her. I've recently also had to escape an abusive relationship, the first relationship I'd had since losing my wife, and had to move cross-country to an unfamiliar town where I know no one. I've just moved into my own place after being in a ref- in a refuge for a few months. And that's how I discovered your podcast. I was so desperate for anything to keep me distracted, my brain occupied, and your podcast has been perfect for that. And has sparked so many great memories associated with the show. I'm in the process of getting everything sorted for my new place, and once I'm able to afford a TV and everything, money is incredibly tight at the moment, but I have a job lined up, just waiting here for a start date. I do plan on doing a big rewatch of Doctor Who, inspired by your podcast. But I really just want to say on a personal level, thank you both for the great show you put out you genuinely got me through an incredibly dark time and keep me going and inspired to keep fighting through the darkness thank you from the bottom of my heart really and truly much love to you both ethan oh my god yes even though it's personal i'm happy for you to read this out on the podcast if you'd like to stay awesome besties we have Ethan. also you stay awesome ethan wow oh my god honestly i don't know what to say like just thank you for being so vulnerable and open and yeah wow Honestly, thank you so much for writing in. Yeah, I'm really yeah, I'm just really glad on a on a personal level. I'm really glad that you yeah are in a, in a in a better place and you've got things sorted and lined up and that sounds really good. So yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, feel free to uh, you know send us another email because I appreciate it. It's quite a while ago. We apologise for you know taking a while to get around to some emails, but you know, honestly, email us, send us a DM with an update. You know, let us know how you're doing. Yeah, please Did do. You get that TV. Are you watching Doctor Who? We want to know. So let us know. But yeah, I'm I'm glad. Glad things seem to be moving in a positive direction for you, bud. Yeah, me too. Like, please do email in. I want to know how you're getting on. And our final email here is from Evelina. Now, fans of our live stream would have heard briefly from Evelina because she made, well, what did she make? I'll read it out to you. Hey guys, I've just started listening to your podcast a few weeks ago and honestly, it's just been the best. I'm too obsessed with Doctor Who and didn't have many friends to talk about it with in detail. Your podcast is so interesting to listen to and goes into just the right amount of detail. That is what we're here for. We're here for spurious claims unresearched. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'm watching Doctor Who all over again, listening to your podcast as I go. At the moment, I'm in the midst of my GCSEs and finding it really hard to deal with all the stress. But if I'm honest, it's just really nice to take a break and listen to your podcast. It's so relaxing and de-stresses me a lot, so thank you. No worries, but do your studies. Please, <laughs> please. Um, yeah, but good luck. Uh, I mean... You know, we're near the end of school season now, right? So you're either in the thick of doing your exams or, you know, you finish them. So I hope that's gone well. If not, I hope it's going well. Even on the way to school before an exam, if I'm really stressed, I'll just put on your podcast and it will immediately help me relax before the exam. Well, if you're listening to this before you do any exam, good luck. You're going to smash it. I don't know how to say thank you, so I made a piece of fan art. I hope that's okay. It's more than okay. It's brilliant. 
Um, by the way, I'm not really sure what you look like, so I just went from the podcast cover and tried to add as many Doctor Who references as I could. Once again, I'd just like to say thank you for being so genuine and friendly on your podcast. Now, again, fans of the live, we would have mentioned Evelina, and we did share the art as well because it is stunning. It's on our Kofi page. Um, it's our header on our Kofi yes, page. Yes, it's our yeah. header. Yeah, and it is on the page as well. It's just on our Instagram page of the post, I believe. On the grid. It's on the grid. It's on the grid, as the kids would say. Um, but yeah, it's it's lovely, and um, yeah, I just I don't know, I just I want to gush about it for ten minutes. But no, it's it's it is really lovely. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. Thank you, and everyone who's ever done because we've had one or uh, a few bits of like fan up in the past as well. Like every time you do, I just cry. It's wonderful. Yes, there's still there is still someone out there, and you might be thinking, I haven't had my read out. There's still someone out there who I know you did email in a piece of fan art. We did look at it. We love it. We appreciate it. I just haven't read the email yet, and we we will discuss it. But we do love it. Any piece of fan art that's ever submitted, even if it's on an email, forever, we do see it and we love it and we appreciate it. Well, now that we're done with uh, three mails, uh, I think it's time to head over to the polling station and not vote for Saxon, of course, because, my God, no. Roll credits. I've got to say roll credits. Roll credits. Again. So, as I'm sure you could probably tell from the uh, humorous little on-mo at the start of the episode, today we are talking about episode 12 of series 3 of Doctor Who. It was broadcast on the 23rd of June 2007. It was directed by Colleen Teague. It was written by Rusty Davis, and it's called The Sound of Drums. Ah, you didn't expect that, did you? Ah. Damler. Yeah. After watching this episode, yeah. I had a horrible cosmic rhythm banging in my head. Oh, no. Much like the drumbeat from this episode, but it was driving me to madness. Um, I sought professional help, they couldn't do anything. Uh, and eventually I ran away in the middle of the <laughs> night, desperate to find refuge to get rid of the banging in my head. Um, and then it became clear that it wasn't a rhythmic drumbeat, it was a message. It was saying, Fuck you sake. know, <laughs> da, 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 what? IMDb thinks it's about da, 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 da. you know <laughs> what Google thinks it's about da, 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 da. I know da, 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 what I think it's about da, 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 da. what does Daniel think it's about do you know <laughs> sorry do you know what that reminded me of you know in the Catherine Tate show um you know the sketch with the husband and wife that are like oh, I don't know <sighs> basically there's a sketch where they're talking about how someone's phone's going off and the ringtone is and then they keep repeating that <laughs> in between sentences. It just reminded me of that. Don't know why. Oh, comedy girl. It, it really is. But no, I tell you what this episode's about. It's about two things. Ah, oh, you weren't affecting that. Two things. Yeah. It's not one thing. It's about two things. First thing being this. Never trust the Prime Minister. Ever. I don't care who they are. Don't trust the Prime Minister because the government can't trust anyone. But the second thing is, doesn't matter if you're on the run, wanted, just in hiding, chips make everything better. Always time for chips. Always. Elliot, gonna swat it back at you. Huh. Yeah. 40 love, I win. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> what do you think it's about? I don't know tennis. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, just you know, if you're gonna vote for someone, don't just do it based on vibes. Yeah, literally. And that's how we end up with dickheads. Yep. Oh, they seem quite nice. Yeah, but they also, you know, they might want to kill people. Look at some policies, make an informed decision, read some party manifestos, do your due diligence as a member of society. Exactly. Come on. Come on. What are you doing? Come on. Um, wow. Okay, so where to begin? Where to begin? I know. I have a thing to say. The master becoming prime minister, in theory, sounds so silly. Like... If you put that out as a plot point, you're like, what the fuck? But, in practice, it fucking works. It fucking works. I think it's because, and not that I'd have a problem if it did more of them, but I think it's because it gets all of its politics jokes out of the way at the start. It does all of its funny, you know, oh, the master in Downing Street, how wacky, and then just goes into... You kind of forget that he's Prime Minister of the UK, he's just in a position of power, which means he can fuck everybody over. Yes. I think that's why it works so well. But I think also why it works so well is because it just blends seamlessly into Martha's daily life. Like, he was there the whole time. Yeah, they've been gone, what's it, four days? Four days they've been gone. He was there even before he met Martha. Like, he was on planet Earth cooking up a little shitstorm. It's timey-wimey. It's very timey-wimey, and I love it. It just, it's so well done. It's so well done. And and adding on to that as well, you get obviously the wonderful Easter eggs sprinkled throughout Series 3 and Torchwood as well of the Vote Saxon posters in the background. Um, obviously, I like to think now, like if this was a thing that happened now, Twitter, Reddit, YouTube, explanation videos, like everyone would be like, what does that poster mean in the background? That's come up in multiple things and it would just be ruined. But because it, was happen- it happened back in the day where the internet wasn't as prevalent in the way it is now, you're just able to be shocked when it happens, you know? Yeah. it's I, I, You know how much I like Bad Wolf, but it's Bad Wolf and Torchwood yeah. done yeah. better and more subtle. Agreed. Not yeah. so the other two are bad, but it's like the perfect honing of, of those two things. Absolutely agree with you. Um, it's just, it's so fun. Like, it's in the episode in Torchwood, uh, I forget what it's called, but it's when... Tosh and Jack go back in time. Jack, yeah, they go to the dance hall. They go to the dance hall. And we talk, the, yeah. We talked about it yeah. yeah, during our series one breakdown, which you can listen to. Exactly. Now. I mean, no, listen to this, but you can listen to it. After this. Yeah, it's just, it's so fun. But yeah, so speaking of Jack, thanks to Jack, the Doctor, Martha and Jack can escape the year, was it 100 trillion, is it? Is that what it is? Was it the year 100 trillion? Yeah. Yeah, with the Vortex Manipulator. It's back, baby. And I still want one. And it looks amazing. That effect is really cool where it just opens up like a sort of pocket of the vortex. It's fun, isn't it? It's a really good effect. You know, it's like cheap but done well. Yeah. Like that effect of it looks really cool. I like it. It's good stuff. I, I, I am thinking about going on eBay and buying one. I'm not even joking. Like I've wanted one for years. Oh, don't I? Because no, we know how uh, during Human Nature Family of Blood I was talking about wanting the uh, Journal of Impossible Things and of course there was a version that came packaged with the Master's Ring and now watching this I want the Master's Ring. Yeah. But I don't want to spend, you know, £70 on a packaged, but I want it. I want it. I nearly, oh, fun. sorry, completely unrelated to the episode, I nearly won 
on eBay the Journal of Impossible Things for nearly 20 quid. I was ahead of the race and I got beat, of course. So, fuck you. Fuck you, eBay. Every time. Um, But yeah, I just, I love that the Vortex Manipulator comes back into it and actually is relevant and it's fun. And then, yeah, you just get the realisation that he was on Earth the whole time. And you know what? Look, let's just get out of the way now. John Sim eats this up and leaves no fucking crumbs. <laughs> he is the perfect balance of menacing and comedic throughout this whole thing. Like every time he's on screen, I'm just like, he carries this on his back completely. Oh yeah, he he's the best part about this two parter. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion. Lots of other good performances, but he's just oh he's given it his life. He's given it everything. Exquisite. Exquisite. Like camp stupid, but on purpose. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the there have been a couple of versions of the Master up until this point. I feel like the Master is the master's not interesting when the Master is boring. Yeah. And when you just kind of allow the Master just to kind of fall into that rut of just being like, kind of, you know, oh, I'll get you next time. Yeah, Roger Delgado is amazing, but he does just show up in episodes, not do anything, and then kind of go, oh, I'll get you next time, and then run off. And I like this kind of more chaotic, manic, deadly version of the Master. And I think it's the genius of this two partners. It's the first time you watch the Master succeed. Yeah, no, he like, and he succeeds in a way that is absolutely catastrophic and mad. Like, wow. Yeah. And of course, obviously they get to stop him, but in every other episode, really, that he'd ever been in, he wins maybe a little bit, but they always stop him before he can do the thing that's going to end the world or invade a planet or whatever. Whereas here, he he wins. He, He destroys Earth. He takes complete control. Beats the Doctor. That's why it's good. That's why it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so John Sim, iconic. Love him. He is, well, my favourite iteration of the Master that I've seen. So that's how I feel anyway. Yeah. No, I don't know if I don't know how I could rank them, to be honest, because the take on the character is so different from sort of what Roger Delgado and what Anthony Ainley are doing. Um, and um, Michelle Gomez and Sasha Dewan as well. Yeah. Like, I like Missy, but I don't save it. But she never feels like a master to me. But save it. We'll get there. But yeah, I also think uh, as well, because we were kind of touching on it earlier, uh, this this one is for all of the people who say, Doctor Who is never political. It's all too political now. The master is the prime minister. Yeah, like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> he calls every politician in that room traitors because they abandon their parties to go with him when the votes are shifting his way. Yeah. Come on. Although he definitely leads a Tory majority, right? Just look at that. Room. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Like, there's no other. We're like, we're like, oh, yes, very, very good. Yes, very good. Very funny. Still, very we'll funny. Move on, to the, we'll move on to the matter of policy. Saw. It's all very. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah facts. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say, though, um, that cabinet meeting never fails to make me giggle, though. Genuinely, like, the whole thing. <laughs> it's just, it really comes in, he throws the red, the red dossiers. Just in the air. I love it so much. It's camp. It's so camp. Let the work of government begin. Whoosh. Yeah. And I can't I can't do it in this entirely audio medium, but the explanation of when he's happy, it's the smiley face. Yeah. And when he's not happy, it's the grumpy face. But then um, also, I think one bit that I... I think, I think the most underrated bit is the dossiers being chucked in the air. To me, that's no one talks about that enough. But then also, I love... What was that? It's a gas mask. Why would you need? Why would you need that? Because of the gas. The what? 
The gas. <laughs> what gas? This gas. That's the thing. Comedy comes in threes, and having that last one not be delivered with him lifting the gas mask yeah. up, him just keeping it on, and you just knowing what he's saying. This gas. Yeah. It is amazing. It's comedy gold. You're insane. Thumbs up. Oh man. But, and then, like, it's funny and it's really like, oh my, oh, this is very, really camp and, you know, quite silly. But then also, you get that really menacing pull in over the table when he's like slumped forward. So, with the gas mask on, he's doing the drum beat on the table. There's only about Sim's face there where he just looks dead in the dead in just dead. Evil. Yeah. Really evil. Yeah. It's really cool. Yeah. And that's a really good bit of framing. So, let's talk about, because obviously, he can't do the whole thing on his own. He's got a little entourage going on, including Tish. Tish Jones, oh my god. Tish is back. Tish is back. And underused, yeah. but back. But yeah, I think she could have been used a bit more. But I just think the whole, the way the whole Jones family is actually used in this episode is mm. insane. We'll get to that though. Yeah. We'll get to that. And I do like that, you know, uh, well, her, yeah, her job is to stand around and look gorgeous, which, I mean, disgusting, but also, yeah, fair. <laughs> It's true. Um, like, don't abuse your power like that, but also, if there's anyone you could get to stand around and just look gorgeous, it is Tish. Absolutely. But then you get his partner in crime, Lucy Saxon. Ale- Alexandra uh, Moen? Yeah, Moen? Alexandra Moen, I believe that's how you pronounce her name. But um, I think she's fabulous, and I actually would love to get more of a backstory on Lucy. Like, we get a kind of Vivian Rook, who we'll talk about in a second, talks about her past slightly, but I would love to get more background on her i'm sure big finish have done something and if they haven't shame on you and she's serving oh for sure her performance isn't realistic but it's like neither is john sims but they're both perfectly ott you know bold brash fun i think i think what she does really well is when she's fully on his side and this episode really play up that kind of manic chaotic energy um and sort of really be enjoying it. And then, without wishing to spoil next week, I think her perform She always delivers two performances. Yes. This is really over the top and in keeping with everything else. Her performance next week, I think, is genuinely underrated in terms of being able to convey an idea and an emotion about a character without ever having to say anything. Save it. But yeah, 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 yeah. She's really good and incredibly underrated as a performance in this two-parter. Agreed. Agreed. But yeah, I love... Okay, let's just talk about it. So, a woman from Torchwood comes to interview Lucy about hair and clothes and nonsense. No, I, think, I think she I think she is just a reporter. She just sends the info to Torchwood just in case she because she thinks he's going to die. Cuz Torchwood at this point is still only it's Jack, it's Gwen, Tosh, Owen. No, I think you're absolutely right. I think she for some reason I always thought she was maybe like affiliated with Torchwood somehow, but no, she works for the Sunday Mirror and as a journalist and then sends the I mean, I don't know how she got Torchwood's, you know, contact details but who cares because she's Vivian Brooks she's fucking iconic and I love her she I want more of her and I'm in, I'm in love I don't know why I don't know why that woman makes me cackle like it's the way she switches for me maybe she orders pizza from the same place maybe she does mm. sorry just had to get my had to get my joke in and if you don't understand that go watch Torchwood um <laughs> but yeah no yeah she's very um yeah, again, she reminds me a lot of, and it's not bad at all, but she just reminds me a lot of Harriet Jones in a sort of flashing her badge and kind of pushing her way in, sort of very Harriet Jones from, and maybe it's the Downing Street saying, but it reminds me of Harriet Jones from Aliens of London World War Three, where she's kind of pushy, 
Um, and yeah, it's just very, oh, no, oh, half piece, talking about shoes, hair, makeup, that kind of thing. Oh, God. And then straight away, it's like, you're in danger. <laughs> the the actress who plays her, the way she kind of just goes, hair, clothes, nonsense, that's a good girl, that's it. Off you go, Miss Saxon, I have reason to believe you're in great danger. I love it. Sorry, I love her so much. I love her so much. Nicola uh, uh, Alif, I have not 100% sure about how you pronounce her surname, but that's who's playing her. Nicola, you're a fucking icon. You, you stole the episode for me, babe. No, I'm not, no, no, well, no, she didn't. But like, she was, yeah, she's great. And it's a shame that Russell didn't get you back to play Vivian Rook in his other projects in which Vivian Rook features. Exactly, yeah, in years and years. Uh, Emma Thompson's character is called Vivian yeah. Rook. But I do love Emma Thompson. Yeah. But anyway, Vivian Rook in this, I just, I honestly think she's quite an underrated side character. And I know, I get why, because she's in it for two minutes, but it's the way she's just like, the switch. She's the epicenter of the best gag in the whole two-parter, which is yeah. when she's getting sliced up by the toclophone and then the master opens the door, you hear her screaming, close the door. Yeah. Bit of a sad face, open the door, still yeah. screaming. It's John yeah. Sims' face as he's doing that sells that completely slapstick gag. It's amazing. But then also I love um, Alexandra's performance as Lucy when she's like, you know, you said Archangel was 100% and it's like, oh, And then he just kind of like reaches his arms over and goes, come here, give me a hug. Yeah, and he's little, he's little always like, ah, you know, 99. 98? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just think they work really well together. I like their chemistry. Um, yeah, they do have really good chemistry. They and do. Like, there's a scene, I can't remember if it's later on this episode or the next episode, but it's not really spoiling anything if it is the next episode, but he calls her, it might even be in that scene to us, he calls her his companion. He does, yeah, and I love that. And I love all the hints that, you know, they go to Utopia together, like... I know he's only been on Earth for four days, but in that time, he's found, recruited a companion. She's fallen in love. They've married. He's had like she's she's blonde or she's like dark Rose Tyler. Absolutely, I think um, there's definitely a lot of Stockholm syndrome going on there. I think um, that's more for next week. But yeah, good. Yeah, no, I I like that as well. I like that he refers to her as his human companion because that is what she is. But yeah, so let's talk about something. Let's talk about something. Archangel. I think that whole idea of the Archangel network is fascinating. Like it is so clever. And it's such a it's such a natural extension of the master's character because you know, like when the doctor's like, "Oh, the master always was a little hypnotic." Like he does just hypnotize people in the in the original show, especially like Roger Delgado. Yeah, yeah. Like just stares into people's eyes and they're like, you know, "Oh, yes, master." And it just feels like such a natural progression of that and kind of updating it, maybe saying, you know, maybe him just hypnotising people by looking in their eyes is a bit silly, but being able to build a low-level telepathic field to make everybody subliminally get messages about him is... Mm. Let me ask you a question. So, yep. as always, I'm painfully, painfully uneducated on the classic series, which I'm trying to work my way through. Don't at me. Um did the sound of the, the the drumming in the master's head come up in the classic series, or this is is that an addition to the new who space? So, so I've seen I've seen, I think basically every master story except for maybe maybe one Anthony Angley one, but even then I'd still say don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure it's entirely it's an invention of the new series. There might be a line here or there that I'm forgetting, but like. They do a lot of references to Classic Master in this, which I will talk about whenever they come up. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure the, the drumming is is a complete invention of the new series. Okay, cool. I just so I think to is, check, yeah. I think works in this story, in the sort of the 
it's the rhythm of the telepathic field, it's yeah. sending out signals, drum beats, like that all ties in. I think whenever they reference it then going forward, it feels a little bit like but the purpose of the drumming has kind of made its point. Yes. I don't I don't need it ever again after this story. Yeah. I mean, I love when Ten, Martha and Jack are talking. So like Ten's just being like, So when did you first hear about him? What's going on? Like, whatever. And then Jack and Martha are like, Well, I liked him, you know. And then Ten's like, Why? And they're both like like Jack's face is like, hold on, why? Actually, why? And then Martha just starts hypnotically tapping her fingers in the. Yeah, and she's explaining why she likes yeah. him. She's, yeah. She's like, he had just his voice. I just like the sound of his voice. And Ten's like, what are you doing? She's like, what, what? And it's she's tapping, and it's like, oh, so good. It's really, really the, good. Yeah, and you have the guy at the beginning with the coin on the metal cup. Oh yes, tapping. Yes. There's a really good tapping throughout all of this. And look, I got to say, you you had to be there. For the moment. Um, culturally, I don't know if you have any memories affiliated with this. I have one very specific memory of this just being a massive thing. Even now, I still know people who don't really know Doctor Who, but they know the drumming. Yes. Um, and I remember having a teacher um, who I won't name because partly I can't remember it. And if I get it wrong, I don't want to, whatever. But um, he was massively into Doctor Who. He was like, you know, just like really into it and was someone like, this is different from the head teacher I had because I'd moved from whatever school to like being in primary school. But he was one of my primary school teachers, really loved Doctor Who. Um, and we were doing just really basic, like, call and response, like, rhythm stuff with him in, like, music class. Um, and, yeah, like, literally this episode had just aired, or Utopia had just aired, and one of the rhythms he was all getting us to do was the drumming from Doctor Who. Ah, oh, nice. It was everywhere. You couldn't escape it. Everybody had drumming fever. And also, what makes me laugh is that the song, drumming song... By Florence Welsh, Florence and the Machine is literally about the master. It's so mad to me. <laughs> I think it's a good like it, it just weaves that thing of like there is there is diegetic tapping in the episode of, but it's also weaved all through the score. Absolutely, which makes it feel more alive, more terrifying, more epic. It makes it feel more like a thing than if it was just people tapping. It is mad. But no, I, just, I just really quickly, sorry, I want to go back to the Florence and the Machine lyric. This is what... Yeah, I've, I've never listened to Florence and the Machine, so sorry. I want to tell you the exact lyrics. You're going to screech when I tell you. So this is, if you haven't listened to Florence and the Machine, first of all, shame on you. And go and educate yourselves, you fucking so-called gays. Fuck. Um, <laughs> the song, the drumming song, it says, There's a drumming noise inside my head that starts when you're around. I swear that you could hear it. It makes such an almighty sound. Like... That's the master. <laughs> like, louder than sirens, louder than bells, sweeter than heaven, hotter than hell. I could see John Sim mouthing this in the episode. Why didn't they do that? <laughs> <laughs> Was it out at that point? I don't know. 2009. So, no, not not quite. Not quite. Yeah, well, I suppose that, yeah, they wouldn't be able to, would they, unless you was a time traveller. Exactly. This would have to have aired. Yeah. Anyway. But, yeah, I think... I love the whole campaign around Saxon as well. And how I love when the show gets celebrities involved. I, I just want to quickly say I love that. Like McFly going, yeah. Bo Saxon! Oh, yeah. It's like, that's hilarious. It is. It's Sharon, Sharon Osbourne, yeah. McFly, and yeah. then Anne Widdicombe. That's just so Which funny. Which one made me think that he was a Tory because he's awful. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Like Yeah, and Cheese Sandwich Widdicombe. Um, <laughs> might should be dead soon. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. Sharon, yeah, Sharon Osborne's funny. I like the I like the innuendo. You know, he can tick my box any day. 
I mean, Sharon Osbourne's hilarious, isn't she? She's hilarious. I love Sharon Osbourne. Like, best best clip of all time is that next French audition where her and Louis Walsh are laughing too much and then they have to leave the room and then she walks into that door. Uh, That's it's us. Got, it's giving drunk auntie. It's giving drunk auntie. Yeah, it's which also is what we giving, give. <laughs> yeah, it's giving us for sure. Then you get the introduction of the Toclophane, the spheres. I mean, I think we'll talk more about it next week because we have a whole yes discussion of how because this thing, yeah, because yeah, you don't find out what they are till next week, but we know, so it's like trying not to, yeah. <laughs> so I'm just gonna say I just wanted to I just wanted to mention them because I don't want anyone thinking why didn't they mention that. Next week, and it has David's best what? What? That's true. Yeah, no, when, well, yeah, when, the, yeah, yeah. When when they're introduced on the broadcast, yeah. Yeah, so when he broadcasts in this episode on the telly, I love that. I love this whole bit where it's just like, people of Britain, I've made contact, and it's like, oh, shut up! Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. I know. I love all of his like folk kind of politicians. Yeah, like at the start of the episode, I just love the you know, this country's sick. This country needs healing. Country needs help. Uh, just it's so good. I don't know. I don't know the whole quote, so I'm not going to say it. But you know, everyone loves the. Everyone loves that. You might hear it later. Anyway, um... that's always the final quotes, though, because even if someone mentions it, if I haven't, I haven't got it written down, so I can't say it verbatim. So we're going to hear it in its full glory later on. Exactly. And I have about twenty anyway this episode. So yeah, so he does the broadcast, introduces the toclophane, and yeah, Ten's just like what? What? Because, I mean, obviously you find out next week that he knows there's no... Or later on you find out he knows there's no such thing as Toclophone and they're made up. Well, it's because uh, they would... Um, they had stories about it when they were children. That's it, yeah. 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 And I love... But yeah, I love just that reaction. You just go, what? And then I, I love anyone right, who doesn't find the Bugs Bunny stick of dynamite cartoon on the back of the TV funny. You don't know how to have fun. It's, <laughs> it's not a convincing bomb on any level. But it's funny, and I'm having fun, and I don't care. It really is quite. But it's amazing. It is comedic how silly the bomb looks. But I was, I was gonna say, I wanted to get the quote up exactly because it always actually sends chills up my spine though, because I love it. It's like, you know, tomorrow we take our place in the universe. Every man, woman, and child, every teacher, and chemist, and lorry driver, and farmer. Oh, I don't know, every medical student, and you're like, oh no, Martha, get out of there! No, this whole next bit. It's just like boom, 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 and I love it. I forgot how amazing the fu- the act- the explosion effect of the of her flat is actually really fucking. Good. It's so good, dude. It's so yeah. good. Like she definitely won't get her deposit back, but <laughs> you know, it's fine. She lives with her parents. But then, yeah. So then you get them being on the run, and I love how it starts off with Martha kind of calling her parents because you know she wants to check on them first and foremost, and. It just goes eerie. Like it goes, it's all action. Boom, 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 running out, slow motion. And then suddenly it's like, hey, Martha, why don't you come round? Me and your dad, have, uh, we, we decided to give it another go. It was never going to be convincing. Why did you say that? What, Francine, why? I know. And I love Clive. Man of the, man of the people. For sure. Resisting authoritarian governments by telling her to run. I do love that. You know, <laughs> she's just like, dad, is there someone there? Yes or no? He just looks around and he goes, "Yes, get out of there, Martha! Get out! Yeah, get out of there!" And then starts running away. Yeah, so good. <laughs> I love him. I feel like we've discussed Francine quite a lot because I think we sort of did it as like an addendum to forty-two. I think when you find out that the Saxons people are listening. Yes. Obviously, and I think we also mentioned it at the end of like Lazarus' experiment as well. So I understand why Francine 
does what she does. It is, uh, and by the end of next week, I, I go back to sympathising for her. And I think obviously it's the episode working in the way you're meant to. It's meant to work. I genuinely do hate hate her in all of these moments. Yeah, no, in these moments it is hard to be on her side. But then you do see her regret when she's in the police truck and she sees Martha in the car and she's just like, Martha, get out of here! Yeah, like, I again, I, under- I understand and it's the episode definitely doing what it's meant to do. But yeah, I just, oh, yeah. Fact it's a low moment, the, Francine. Saxons people, she's working for the state. It's a little... Mm. Yeah. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. But I do love this whole car chase. It's very, very, very fun. And I love, I love his, I love his, sorry, I love his Clive's being lifted into the van as well, and all the neighbours are watching. And he's, he's like, you did this! He's doing the, yeah. You did this, voting. It, reminds, it kind of reminds me of, um, uh, Jackie, where she's like, "This is your fault, you and your Torchwood." Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. It's very like that. It's like you bl- voted for bloody Saxon. Um, here are the people, anarchist leader Clive Jones. We'll say though, I do think Martha adopts some of that Jackie energy, and in this next like, I want to say three four minutes, she just takes charge, and she just doesn't care and she's and her being angry at 10 was really satisfying for me like when she was oh, just yeah, like yeah when he's like when he's like don't don't phone him and she goes i'll do what i like she's like i'll do what i like really and then when they're in the car she's like it's all your fault it's all your fault which i mean is you know it's true like it's the first time right that anything you know anything has kind of gone wrong for her in terms of you know she's had her own life on the yeah, line, yeah. no one that she cares about has ever been threatened really this is the first time that she's felt that kind of family threat which i really like it's. I just love that she's just in this moment. She's just like, no, fuck off. This is my, this is a, this is not about you. This I, I I have people that I care about that I need to check in on. Um, and then also Jack tries to contact the Torchwood team, but uh, the the master sends them on the goose chase in the Himalayas. Yeah, to the Himalayas. Poor yeah. Owen, poor now, Tosh, poor Gwen, poor Yanto. I hope I hope for two things. One, I hope it's to find a Bigfoot. Yes. Um, because that feels suitably tortured. And two, uh, I'm, I hope, and if there's not, they should make it. There's probably a big finish box set about it. 
Do you know what it is, though? I do find it a little bit out of character for the master to send them on a goose chase. I feel like he would have done something like lock them down or... Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, I assume he would have just, like, executed all of them. It's just very, uh, we need a second series of Torchwood. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. One of the best scenes, maybe, I don't know, stick around to the end, um, and I want to know how you feel about this, is when, so after they've gone on the run, they're outside the sort of video shop thing, and Tenant has that, con- Ten has that conversation with the master. Yes. Which is good anyway, it's just a nice bit of character dialogue back and forth between the two, you know, kind of rivals chatting. Call me crazy, genuinely lots of sympathy for the master in that moment. Yeah, that, co- that whole phone conversation is so good. When he finds out that Gallifrey's gone, mm-hmm. you kind of get that sense of, even though he's crazy, you get that sense of like upset yep. and confusion. Yeah. And then finding out that they've both been in the time war, so you get that sort of, you know, he was the only one who was crazy enough to fight, but like saw the Dalek Emperor take the cruciform and just ran. Yeah. Because he was scared. Yeah. And you, I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. Agreed. But also, I have a note about this conversation. Taking it from that very serious point you made to a very silly point, that whole conversation was so erotically charged. If you play that conversation to someone, just saying it's not even about Doctor Who's from a TV show. Listen, they'd be like, "Oh, it's uh, it's, it's it's two people trying to flirt." Do you know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, it's very uh, yeah. And there was a couple of allusions to it in dialogue as well. But it's very like, um, I like it when you use my name. Yeah, yeah. And then when he's like, Lastly, there's a bit where he's like, and it's actually genuinely like, oh, John, chill. When he's like, tell me, how did that feel? Ah! I said, nah, I'm dead. I'm dead. Yeah, it's all those, pe- all those people burning, tell me how it feels. And then, yeah, you've got the, you know, all we've got is each other. Are you asking me out on a date? So, yes, go on, do it. All of the master <laughs> and ten shippers, all master and doctor shippers are just having a field day with this, as they should. <laughs> It is really, it's a really, it's a really lovely scene. That like that conversation is just so well done because, like you said, it goes to this kind of being quite funny and sort of sexually charged and kind of weird. But also, the start of it, I think, is genuinely heartbreaking. And you never support the master at any point, but yeah. you have a bit more understanding about his character, where he is, what's happened, why he probably is the way he is. Because, yeah, that would drive anyone crazy. Absolutely, and it's sad. Like just knowing that, yeah. He's like he's like an old man. He's Derek Jacobi, and he's been resurrected to fight in a war that he doesn't believe in. And he's been so terrified that he's had to go and hide, literally, at the end of the universe as a human. Makes me feel sad. Which also probably brings a bit more context to last week when I was saying about the War Doctor, the, the War Doctor, the War Master stuff. That makes sense why he's fighting in the Time War as Derek Jacobi. It's because he's resurrected by the Time Lords to fight. I do think, as well, though, what adds to this conversation is just like a technical point I wanted to make. Like, I the whole episode is edited really well. I really like the editing of this episode. And, and, direct, and directed really strongly as well. Oh, for sure. Directed incredibly strongly. Um, but especially in this conversation with how disjointed... I mean, it's the way the Master's edited in this episode. It's very disjointed. It's very... Uh, the the pacing is really, really fast. And especially in this conversation when he's just like... The really fast cuts. I just I wanted to make a point about that. I really like it. And you, and you get that amazing technique. It's a really simple thing. But obviously they're having that conversation outside that shop. I think it's like a taxi dispatcher, I think it says. Yes. Um, and you have shots of the camera inside the shop front. Yes. Yeah, you know, where there's sort of then, you know, so you're like looking through the glass at the three characters. Um, and of course, I think what that does very well is not only is it just interesting framing, just helps for variety, also kind of, it feels a bit more voyeuristic 
It feels a yes. bit more POV. It feels like something, it's a type of framing you don't normally get and just kind of helps sell that idea that they are literally being watched from every angle. Absolutely, yeah. By everyone. And it's a much more better, it's a much more pointed and interesting, subtle way of doing it rather than like if they were sort of literally just shot all the time through like CCTV cameras or whatever, which I know there is a CCTV shot, but like the whole scene's not using CCTV. Funnily enough though, I've got, a, um, again, another silly point to counteract that, completely unrelated. Um, I do some... like that they were able to make the same point, and you're like, you're like the editing. I'm like, yeah, the blocking and the <laughs> the mise en scene is very, very us. It's good. It, no, very, very us. But I was going to say, and not not every, not all the listeners will get this, but every time I see this scene, to me, it looks like Anglia Square in Norwich. Like it just looks like Anglia Square. It does, doesn't it? It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. Anglia Square looks like it's stuck in 2007. Anyway, and then. When they, I I really feel the the desperation though as well when they like basically just have to go on the run. Yes, there's that amazing bit of score yes. and the master's kind of goading them into doing it, and it's one of those points in the episode where I'm just like, I was a kid just being like, wow, what are they going to do? Murray's on top form in this episode, like as always, but yeah. really like, wow, 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 wow. I need some of the music that's like been unreleased or like Same. not properly incorporated into the series three soundtrack because this just everything from this two parser is perfect. So the next scene after this, we're kind of going in order this week, which is fun. Um, when they're underground in the little kind of, I don't know, not even underground, they're in a little. Can I interrupt really quickly? Yeah, yeah. Just to say, there is a scene between those two, and it's because I said I would reference it whenever I have to reference it. Um, we have a classic Who reference because the Master is watching Teletubbies. Yes. Um, of course, anybody who's seen the Sea Devils, the Master also watches the brilliant kid show, The Clangers, and is fascinated with it. Um, he's just like watching it. He's just like, oh my, oh my God, look at these little people. And then, of course, in this scene, he's like, television in their stomach. That's evolution. Yeah. Like, That's the future. That's evolution. Yeah, he just he's he's obsessed with it. So I like the the through line that the master is obsessed with kids TV is very fun. But yeah, I just had to get that out of the way. I feel like it's a deliberate it's a deliberate callback to the master watching the clangers. I believe it probably is because that makes that makes a lot of sense. And I, I I forgot about that actually. It's very very funny. But yeah, so when when Martha, Jack, and Ten are on the run and they've like taken shelter in that like big abandoned derelict warehouse yeah kind of thing, isn't it? which is great i love first yeah. of all i love the lighting i love the color palette it just looks very very cool i like that in this scene because oh, this is a really great scene it's 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 like a standout moment essentially where you finally get a darker side of gallifrey in the new in new who because up until this yeah. point in new who you mostly get gallifrey being like this amazing majestic you know, lost planet of the Doctor, where the Doctor comes from, and it all sounds very glorious and everything. But you actually start to get the dark side of Gaffer, where it's like, no, they really took a child and messed up his life. They exposed him to the untempered schism. Untempered schism. Um, and he went insane. And that's weird. Why are you doing that? Because... Even the stuff where the where the Time Lords aren't doing good things, mm. and you'll know, of course, how much I talked about it in Gridlock. David just has a way of talking about Gallifrey. Yeah, he does. That is incredibly beautiful, and obviously part of it's the script. But there's something about the way that he talks about it where I I could believe that David Tennant had been to Gallifrey. He talks about it so wistfully and so beautifully that I I adore it so much. 
so yeah, obviously when so then when like the yeah they kind of fucked up a child kind of creeps in. Obviously it's bit bad, but I just love that first bit where he's just describing what Gallifrey looks like. I just every time I just chills and beautiful score, so good. But I also do like how he talks about the master being just a child, and it kind of fades into that shot of that child, like you know, looking into the antipathism. <laughs> I like saying that. Um, but then you get, you get, you know, a hard cut to the Doctor realizing that Jack is part of Torchwood, <gasps> renewed Torchwood. I do think, I do get why the Doctor's being harsh about it because obviously Torchwood holds a lot of negative memories for him, a lot of negative memories. Um, but it's like Jack is literally saying he rebuilt it in your honor, and also they pick up the work that the Doctor can't be asked to sort out. Like, chill. Yeah, but the Doctor doesn't know that. Like, I'm surprised, actually, that he didn't sort of say, you know... And I, I do like, I do just like the kind of brief bit of fury, but I'm surprised that he didn't sort of mention that if it wasn't for Torchwood, Rose would still be around. That's kind of the implication, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's, it, it's, it is mad how it's just like sprung on him, isn't it? You're like, oh yeah, he doesn't know that. Jeez, we need to kind of keeps you in the loop yeah there's lots of stuff that you kind of forget that they, yeah that they don't know about yet. yeah yeah it's kind of mad really and you get vivian rook's message and you get the whole archangel file and you know all of that yeah and you get probably one of the most i think ingenious uses of having no budget in the whole show which is i mean i love a montage i love a montage of them building a perception filter same same i love a love a montage but the fact that all the perception filter is is literally just someone Twisting the camera slightly on the tri- on a tripod, so just. But it works, doesn't but it's it? It's so effective. Yeah. It's so yeah. Sometimes just simple simple camera techniques are really effective at creating what you need them to create, and it just works so well. Just that shifting away, just from David, so he's still in frame, but you're and that's the thing. And as a viewer as well, when you're watching it, right, your eyes are then because you're always you're just attuned to looking at the center of a frame, so your eyes are moving with that. It's 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 fucking well done. It's just a really good POV. I love it. And then yeah, also. He's trying to explain what it is, and he goes, "It's like when you fancy someone and they don't even know you exist." And then Jack and Martha look at each other, and I'm not going to talk about what you think I'm going to talk about. You know, me shitting on ten being insensitive because I don't have to say it; we just know it. I'm glad that Jack's feelings for the Doctor aren't ignored because that's something that I really love to talk about and think about. Is because Jack is in love with the Doctor. Jack's greatest love of his life is the Doctor, right? He's talked about it in torture before. He always. You know, it's it's very clear that he's been in love with the Doctor. And he... I don't... I mean, this is how I interpret the scene. I could be wrong. The way I've interpreted it is Jack also has feelings for the Doctor. And it's like, yeah, you too, huh? Yeah. Oh, you too, huh? I feel like this... this thing is, this is a good two-parter in terms of... I think there is a point, very specifically, towards maybe the end of this episode where I get the feeling that Martha's kind of over it. Obviously, next week she says, I love him. But I do think she Which is. I have some. I have some opinions on that. Oh, next week so we're gonna it. just uh, save it, babe. Save it. Oh my god. Um. So they can be a bit aggressive. I don't mean like save it, you fucking dickhead. No, just like wow, we have a lot. No, to we always. About. It's a, it's it's our catchphrase when we know there's something that we want to bring up, but we know it's relevant next week or in a future episode. We don't want to spoil our thoughts. We just go save it. Save it. Uh, Save it. I'm I'm doing an impression of Damon doing it very well, and I can't do it. So well, you're doing an impression of me, and I'm doing an impression of if ten yeah. said save it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it it's it's the portmanteau. Yes. I'll, I'll just go. Savit. Savit. 
Um, but yeah, so do you agree with my interpretation of that line that Jack's talking oh, yeah. about it in that? Yeah, yeah, like I don't think, yeah, like, I don't think it's a flippant kind of oh, Jack's just a bit cheeky. I think it is proper. You know, it's Jack actually being quite vulnerable. Yeah, and being like, yeah, you too. Yeah, uh, it's sad. Yeah, and of course, it's also I think good at illustrating that there's probably lots of people that fall in love with the Doctor who just he kind of runs away from. Absolutely, and leaves people in their path because I mean, who wouldn't, right? Exactly. Like it's good at sort of making Martha not feel alone. Yeah. We'll say though, something shocking, truly shocking that happened to me while watching this. For once, I'm siding with an American president. Never thought I'd see the day. Truly, never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> you see, I do. I actually, I do have, I do have some thoughts on that. I will say though, just, before, just literally a, a millisecond before we get onto that, I don't know why, but I do find the scene when they put the perception filter keys on and they walk out of there. I find it just really, I find it mournful. It it's is mournful. Really sad to see the Doctor and the, and all of them on the back foot, like having to keep their heads down, just walking. It's really, and again, the score on, on oh, that is man. beautiful as well. It probably helps it, but it's only a, it's only a brief shot, but just them having to walk, keep their heads down, is really sad and I love it. But I, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I think. Um, I, I I don't know. I'm I'm going to disagree with you though slightly. I think that uh, even when interacting with the master, I think somehow the president manages to seem more unlikable. No, disagree. I just love the way he's like. Since they elected an ass, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I do. I don't know. I do love. I don't know. I just. Uh, I don't know. He's so. He's so annoying. I think it's because I don't like the sort of yeah, the American industrial complex of him straight away being like, it's aliens and I have to take control of the broadcast because that's and it's like oh fuck off, mate. No, um, I'm sorry. I'm so but, with him. I'm. S- and I love. I'm so and with I love him. The, like, don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I don't don't like either sort of the UK or the US. No, neither do I. No, no, no. Industrial no. complex. Of course. But, <laughs> but in that in that moment, I'm just like, oh, no, something so annoying. Like, he's just like, I think he's, he's just a bit, uh, he's a bit limp, isn't he? Like when he meets them later on, and you know, I've got I've got some lines written down about that again. Save it. But when he meets them later on, he's just a bit like, I don't know, he's just a bit tepid. He's tepid. He's a boring, tepid man. I will say though, Present one thing. Winters. One thing about the master that I like in this scene, I mean, there's, there's a lot because he's just taking the piss and it's very funny. Um, but my favourite, and because I obviously most of the time when men make jokes, it's not funny. Just in general, men aren't funny. But when, and especially when it's a misogynistic joke at the expense of a woman or anyone else. Um, but I do like the, you know... Ricky Gervais. Literally Ricky Gervais, fuck you, like you transphobic dickhead. But literally, it's, what, what is it? He says... Um, I did have a look for... What was he looking for behind the sofa? He was like... Hold on. So Winter says, First contact policy was decided by the Security Council in 1968 and you've just gone and ignored it. Well, you know what it's like. New job, all that paperwork. I think it's down at the back of the settee. I did have a look, though. I found a pen, a suite, a bus ticket and a... Have you met the wife? I actually laughed. I, I laugh every time because it's... It is funny. It's delivery is very good. I just like... And uh, have you met the wife? It's very good. And then Lucy just smiling like... Hi. And I, but I love the chaotic energy of when, like, um, there's something I want to talk about, which I'll get back to in a second, but just, like, on the essence of, of jokes, when the police van pull up and, like, the Joneses are all being oh led out God. by on their school and he's just going, it's like, hey, gang! His interaction with them is really funny when, like, Clive tries to hit him and he kind of runs away a little bit. He's like, ooh, it's really chaotic. It's like a, it's great. yeah, it's weird, isn't it? It's so weird. Um, But I, I believe, and I can't prove this, because I don't actually know if it's true or not, but that he's wearing that coat, and it's got that red silk inside it. And oh, when it yes. kind of blows, when it blows open all the time, it looks 
very capey, and it just looks exactly like a kind of third Doctor yeah. outfit. It's and probably, I don't know yeah. if it's intentional, but he looks like the silhouette of the third Doctor in a lot of shots. It was giving Louis Vuitton vibes. <laughs> um, but I think that's... I think they were trying to hint at some like reference. Yeah, because it's it's very purposely blowing open, oh, and, yeah. like, facing the camera a lot, and it's very red. It's very good. I like it. I like it. Yeah, but yeah. I don't know if it's intentional, but it feels like a third Doctor costume. It message. does. But yeah, so then they go to the Valiant, and I can't believe this, but Marvel copied Doctor Who. I can't. I can't believe it. Like in the first Avengers, you know, and they're on that base that's like in the sky that literally looks like the Valiant. They copied Doctor Who. And it's, I mean, it's one of the, I'm going to say it's one of the best set designs that the series has had. It's good. It's good. It's so well realised. I really like it. Um, And of course, also, the little detail I love as well, which is the master helped build it. Yep. Because there's that mention earlier where he's on the Ministry of Defence and then he just kind of says to Lucy, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. And he's like, oh, do you like it? Oh, well, this, yeah. Every Ministry detail. Yeah, 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 yeah. Every detail, yeah. Which, I mean, like... Never comes into play, but it's 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 just funny and interesting that yeah, like yeah, they're gonna be like we gotta go to neutral territory, we gotta go to the Valiant, and he's like yeah, I fucking built the Valiant, fuck you. Exactly, but also <laughs> he is a very very inventive guy because he invents two other things. So he invents the laser screwdriver, which is amazing, and the paradox machine. He transforms the TARDIS into a paradox machine, which we'll talk about more next week as well. But wow. But living, living rent free in my head is that high angle of David looking at the, with the bathed in red. Which it's a paradox machine. Oh my god, yes! I really want. So you know how? Um, I don't know who releases them, but you know how you can buy the individual consoles of each Doctor. You can buy them in like HMV and stuff as well. I want the paradox machine version. Where is it? But. Yeah, it's so fun. And I love that the laser screwdriver has the technology of Lazarus's machine. Yeah, and that's why Tish was there. Yep. It's all been very well thought out. Beautiful. Um, and there's, of course, there's a Jelly Baby reference as well. There is a Jelly Baby Where reference. Winters is doing his address. Jelly Baby? I fucking oh, hate Jelly Baby. Oh. Sorry, I really don't like them. I, I, I'm ambivalent. Um, but <laughs> I like them because of Doctor Who. I like having them and being able to offer people Jelly Babies. But also, kids don't. If you, if anybody likes jelly babies, just be careful because they are literally just sugar. They're awful. That's all they are. They're just. I hate like them texturally. Oh, anyway. Blech. They're they're like pork, pork fat, and sugar is all they're made out of. Disgusting. Disgusting. I don't. Yeah. But Elliot, let yeah. me ask you a question. You have mentioned on this podcast before that you don't like. Well, you've hinted at not liking the old age makeup on the tenth Doctor, mm. right? So. I'll say this first, because I know you have more thoughts on it, but I just want to quickly get my thoughts out of the way. I do think the makeup is a little bit off. Granted, like the ears especially. It's like I can literally see the line where it... Anyway. But the actual act of it is so shocking, and it just goes really dark all of a sudden, like the way he does it, and it's just like the way David is just like writhing in pain. We'll say, I did watch The Confidential, (laughs) and I told you about this, didn't I? I sent you a voice note. Um, If I can find the clip, I'll insert it. I doubt I can, but... It's where David is asked about it and he goes, I just felt a bit of a goon. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 don't have, I, don't have a, I don't have a problem with it. It's not like, it's not like good, but I think what helps is that 
you kind of acclimatize to it quite quickly because David is doing a very good physical performance. Yes. Like physically, he looks weak. He feels weak. His voice, he's able to change his voice to sounding frail. Oh, for sure. Um, Like, you know, it doesn't look like what I would expect old David Tennant to look like, but it's also not going for old David Tennant. It's going for, you know, a Time Lord who isn't able to regenerate what would someone look like if they got to live for 900 years or whatever. Absolutely. Um, So I actually don't, I don't dislike it. I just, you know, it is, it is camp. It is silly. It's not like a great makeup effect, but it's not offensive. And I think David sells it for his performance. I think the sped up, writhing, I think it's, it's silly when it starts is a little like silly, but also they have the sense to cut away from it enough. Mm-hmm. And it's, and when you're just kind of listening to the sound of the music, it, it feels more stark and it is a very shocking moment, but yeah, I feel like they, they do everything they can to aid what could be some very, very silly, not good things by uplifting other aspects of production, Agreed. like the way it's edited and David's performance, yeah. in my opinion. And the, and the, the score again, is like, do Weird. I like that piece it's of music. so good. Release it, Murray. Release it. Release it. Release it. Um, please, don't let me come to your house and hold you at gunpoint. Anyway, also, well, while we've, while we're on while we're on high camp, I like when it's cutting through all of the people who are watching the arrival of the top of the fight, and then it cut then it cuts to the American students, which is very just. I don't know, it's just it's just like yeah. British people in like varsity jackets with like American flag branded popcorn buckets, so and you they, know they're American, and they see their but, president being shot, and they're just. Mm. scared as hell and just you know oh this this whole next bit is very 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 mad i can't lie i love it i love it it, it always i tell you why though do you know why i love it it's because it's so at the time i remember it was so shocking not be- just because he was turned old but it was like martha and jack's reactions were so oh my god it just makes you feel yeah and you know yeah and then like you know you're trying to deal with with that with the doctor being you know helpless basically just on the floor yeah like completely helpless whilst you then get and you know this is not like it, it's not a line so i'm not going to be like you know it's one of my favorite lines but the command from the master to remove one tenth of the population oh my god yeah 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 horrendous and i mean obviously i know you get the really camp moment there everybody loves and i do love it of the you know here, here come, come the drums, the drums. like yeah amazing adore amazing you know i love the you know, Lucy is dancing along. She's like tapping her foot. Yeah. She's kind of really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I, I love that. But then I love when that stops, that kind of starkness of him saying, remove one tenth of the population. The screaming, all of those places being like, you know, with the big attacks, we're being massacred. Yeah. With everybody just looking broken. I love, it's why I love middle acts of trilogies and things like that. You know, I love it when everybody's on their lowest ebb and yeah. everything looks... Yeah. Broken, and where are we going to go from here? Absolutely. Martha's family's looking at her as she teleports away, and everybody just looks like they're fucking devastated, and it's shocking. It's really shocking. This this is made for children yeah. in the year 2007. Yeah. yeah. And you're watching genocide happen. Literally happening right in front <laughs> of you. But yeah, like you, you get our hero. Our hero, the doctor, is literally completely helpless. He cannot do anything about it. He is. Just a vulnerable old man. So now we need a new hero. That being Martha Jones. Martha Jones, the woman you are. Oh, yes. The woman you are. Like, she left her friends and family and had all of this responsibility just placed on her shoulders. Like, just, there you go. Um, you gotta, you got to do this, that, and the other. Save it. And she just goes and slays straight away. Just, I, the woman you are. 
I love you so much. That's my compa- that's my girl. It's I love it. I love it. I love the whole end of the episode. But before we close it out, just quickly, before we go to our wrap up, that next time trailer is exquisite. Exquisite. Yeah. Isn't it? No music, just just drumming or whatever it is. And the the shot selection, the drumming, the rhythm, the quotes that were used. Wow. Wow. Get excited for next week. So now we're at the wrap up where we talk about our standout moment. What didn't work? Our most doctory moment. Our most mastery moment. Aye. And favourite quote slash quotes. Elliot, as always, going right over to you. Standout moment, please and thank you. Oh, it's really fucking difficult um, because I like so many. Um, for me, it's a tie either between the entire like ending on the on the bridge because it just chills, terrifying, love it. Or it's the conversation between the master and the doctor in Angley Square, not Angley Square. Um, <laughs> yeah. Because I love how the journey it's able to take you on of sympathy to sort of horror to comedy is just a, and it's so I love it when characters just have a moment to talk yeah. especially when they're enemies good it's good stuff mine is uh the final scene and all of the madness that happens so yeah that's the same as you for the tie snappy snap snap what didn't work though also really hard yeah mm-hmm. any anything would be the nittiest pick um because everything that doesn't work still kind of works for me in like a yeah. camp kind of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah, like yeah. the Ameri- like the American college kids. Yeah, uh, you know that still works for me. Um, you know, David getting aged up like it's kind of a silly effect, but I I still think it's done well. I think for me maybe, and it is they are littered throughout these two episodes, and it's something I think I mentioned last week in Utopia. Sometimes I could just do without the flashback effect. Agreed. I think they're very hard cut to with the sort of sound effect, and sometimes they're just a bit... Uh, the, this two-parter, I think I'll probably have the same one for next week, maybe, so be it, but <laughs> it, it relies a little too much on just showing us things rather than letting the dialogue do the talking. And I mean, I understand why it's for children, I get it, it's fine, but sometimes I could just do it with less flashbacks, personally. Fair enough, that's fair. What about you? This is a nitpick, because I was struggling. But I said the sky just splitting in half is just a bit silly. I just don't understand mm. why. Why is the sky splitting in half? I don't really understand. I could also, I could also understand if people were like, "Oh, it's really the ending's really effective," but having Voodoo Child kind of ruins it a little bit. Even though it doesn't, but I could it understand doesn't. if people think that as well. But but, but but do you know why the sky splits in half? Am I being stupid? Uh, I mean, I don't know. But isn't it something to do with they're not being like they're not like coming from they're not physically coming from anywhere in space they're being literally like brought forward from a certain point in time so i still think the effect could be done in a in a different in a different way but i feel like that's just their way of illustrating the paradox is like it kind of ripping the sky open rather than it being like a vortex or something do you know what i would have loved sorry just putting it in here mm. the tardis door suddenly we get a shot of the tardis doors flying open and they just go out of there like oh, thousands Millions of them flying out of the tires and then flying through one of the windows and just, pshht, I'd love that. Like the Genesis arc. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, exactly that. Time yes. Lord Science. I would love that. 
But that's for me. Anyway, most Doctor moment. Um, also hard because he has a lot of good moments, but also not like you know. But he's also not the prototypical hero here. Yes. Um, so I would say probably in the in the face of everything, still trying to sneak up on the master to put a perception filter necklace around his neck, even though it's not going to work. There's like a hundred armed guards, and but he has to try. He's got to try. It's his last ditch effort. His perseverance. He's got to do it. Yeah, his perseverance. And even if yeah. it ends up with him being beaten and captured, he's got to he's got to try. He's Absolutely. Got to try and stop the master. I like that. Mine is um, the doctor being able to turn wherever he is into a lab. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I like that. I love that scene. You know, I like that scene. Love it. But what's your most mastery moment? Oh, it's the killing all of the cabinet members with gas. It's great. Especially this incarnation of the master because it goes from funny with the you know, it's a gas mask. To, <laughs> to just abject horror of him murdering people. Love it. What about you? What's your most mastery moment? Come on. Uh, I'd say the master being the biggest theatre kid ever, where everything he does is a moment. Like He's like, I can't just say it. I can't just do it. It has to be. Hold on. Gotta sing it. <laughs> Here I am. Biggest theatre kid. Favourite quote slash quotes then. Should I just do my two and then let you have the floor? Because I have a feeling that's the best way to go. Yeah, because I've got yeah, I've got a lot. Okay. Yeah. Which is fine. But I'll get mine out of the way. So oh shock horror. It's obvious, right? This country has been sick. This country needs healing. This country needs medicine. In fact, I go so far as to say what this country really needs right now is a doctor. Wink. Mm. Good, cheeky. It is menacing. Yeah. And then I've got another one, which is another master quote: "The man who makes people better." How sanctimonious is that? Yeah, I like that. It's good. I like that a lot. Right, over to you. Let us know. Let the listeners. All know. right. Hello. Welcome to quote. Welcome to quote corner. Fully, um, fully. What's even better is that we've already got rid of a couple in the episode, so like this is going to tell you how many I had written down originally that I oh, can still dear. do the full list. Oh dear. Um. If I'm speaking my truth, one of my personal favourites, though, probably is, because uh, it makes me laugh every time, is when uh, he's watching the Doctor through the CCTV camera and then the Doctor blows it out with the sonic screwdriver and goes, Oh, you public menace. It's good. It's um, good. Is camp fun. Um, okay, starting things off strong. When they first pulled the Valiant, the Master walks over to the President and he goes, can I, can I do anything? Can I be help? I can make the tea. Or is that not American enough? I can make grits. What are grits? <laughs> um, because what are grits? Um, <laughs> um, I love this was what the president's line I was talking about that I love because it just makes me laugh the way he says it when the Tonkalfane are asking for the master he's like I, I can be my I can be master if you wish I will accept mastery over you um, because same oh, uh, <laughs> this is like so stilted about the way he says it makes me laugh um, yeah then I, I, I love the master then going like, oh alright then it's me ta-da I don't know what it is. People are drawn to me. Is it the smile? The aftershave? The ability to laugh at myself? I don't know. It's, it's crazy. crazy. Yeah, that's a good one. It's a good one. Um, yeah, more... Uh, the, uh, yeah, I mean, you already sort of said the laser screwdriver. Who'd have Sonic? But then I love that. And the best thing is, he's not dead for long. I get to kill him again. <laughs> <laughs> that's a 10 out of 10 line. Uh, another another ten out of ten line is the oh, but I'd need the doctor's genetic code. Oh wait, I've got his hand. Brilliant delivery, perfect. It's good delivery. Love that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
another, br another brilliant delivery, and these are the last two, I promise now. Um, but tonight, Martha Jones, we've flown them in all, all the, the way, way from, from prison! prison. <laughs> but like John, I feel like John says Martha just kind of informed my sense of comedy, because it's, it's, it's all just so good. Laugh at. Um, and then I love I love the delivery of, and we've already we already mentioned the here come the drums, but I love the bit before that with the so earthlings, basically. End of the world. world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is my that is my definitive list of all of the best master quotes from this episode. Yeah, I like Thank them. You. I like them. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Very fun. But yeah, so that's <laughs> the sound of drums. Wonderful time wonderful vibes well not wonderful towards the end more like scary sad but Daniel, why haven't we given it a rating I was, I was i was trying to find a segue into that but yeah we don't give it a rating at I mean, because that's a segue, yeah, yeah. because we always give a rating for each episode of the two-parter at the end of the second part as you should know if you listen to the podcast so tune in next week to hear what we thought of the sound of drums and the two-parter overall good stuff Good stuff. Well, I think it's over to me then just to say that that brings the curtains down on another wonderful episode of the Come Along Pond podcast. We hope you had fun. We sure did, as evidenced by my 50 quotes there. If you like what you heard and you want to support the show, you can do so over on Patreon. We have one tier. It's £3. It is the companion tier. For that, you get a shout-out on the show, just like River, like Bulldozer7113, okay, Mark, like Jason, like Becca Justice Smith, like Abby Potts, like Jack Wilson, like Ben Somersall, like Miria, Sarah, and like Grace. They are all pledging. Why don't you join them? However, I also understand money is tight at the moment. If you don't want to support us over there on a monthly basis, you can go to ko-fi.com forward slash come along podcast. You can pledge price for a cup of coffee for me for damla for both of us but that's a more one-off donation ko-fi forward slash come along pond podcast however don't want to support the show monetarily that's absolutely fine but you can be cool like ethan like evelina and like mark and you can email the show and we will read it out eventually even if we take a while to get around to you we will read it out we do promise you that however other ways you can support the show you can follow us and our escapades in funny little bite-sized clips over on TikTok, tiktok.com forward slash come along podcast. It's gay, it's fun, there's people in the comments we hate, but if you know us, you probably already heard us over there, but still, give us a follow, make sure you share, you like, and get other people on the TikTok train. Ooh, TikTok train. Anyway, we're over on Twitter, cesspit, hellscape, but I'm only in charge, so let's have fun, baby. Tag us in things, let us know what's going on, send us DMs, we will reply to them. We only post over there once a week when an episode's going live. That is twitter.com forward slash come along DW. However... Your one-stop shop is Instagram. Instagram.com forward slash come along pond podcast. Over there, we got reels. We got stories. We got polls. We got Instagram lives. We got Q&As. We got posts when episodes go live. Any update you need about the show, that's where you're going to get it. Instagram.com forward slash come along pond podcast. Send us a DM. Have fun over there. Like all of our posts. We really do appreciate it. Lovely exclusive bit of content for last week's Blink episode. Just went live. Enjoy that. Share it around your friends. Have fun. However... With all of that being said, Downer, it's been lovely chatting to you. And to you, my lovely. Incidentally, it has been lovely talking to all of you at home as well. It's been a gay old time, and we give you air from our lungs. Bye. Bye. Bye now. Bye bye. Bye. I'm really glad the recording wasn't interrupted by that rude prick who was playing his drum kit the whole way through the thing. <laughs> oh, wait!
If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind the scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.